Welcome to the Trainer Life Podcast. My name is Danielle Harrison, and I am a certified personal trainer and corrective exercise specialist. And I've been in the fitness industry in New York City for over 10 years. I've learned a lot and met some amazing people along the way. So if you were always curious about the ins and outs of the industry from a woman's perspective, then this podcast is for you. Let's get into this week's episode. And hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Trainer Life Podcast. I am Danielle, your host. Thank you so much for joining me again on this episode. I've been doing my due diligence trying to get weekly episodes out. And unfortunately, last week I faltered. I actually had two deaths in my family a week apart which just sent my life into a little bit of uh, chaos and things like that. So doing my best, trying my best, that is all we can do as individuals. So the goal was not to miss a week, already failed. I am taking March 1st. I think I said this even for February. It was the true beginning of the year. Life just keeps throwing things. So we're going to restart. We're going to retry with March 1st being my new beginning of the year. I said this last month. Let's hope I don't have to say it again. And that is kind of the premise and the catalyst for today's episode is uh, since this is going to be coming out on March 1st, I'm second, third, what what day is this going to come out? It's going to come out whatever that Saturday is. So we're heading into a new month and I was, I've been reading the book, The 12 Week Year. So for the last two years, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. For the last two years, I have only read textbooks. I have only read research articles, PubMed, if you know, you know. And I've just been immersed in the fitness world, which I love education, love all of that stuff. So I took a little time to read different books. So I actually read some fiction books. I love a good psychological thriller, a little murder mystery thrown in there definitely my jam when it comes to books. Um, So I always like to kind of pivot between different types, like nonfiction, fiction, self-development, spiritual, whatever the case may be. So right now I'm more on the development track. So I did two books that were fiction, fun. uh, Who is it by? Now I can't remember her name, the author, but they were good. And they gave me exactly what I needed. One was called The Paris Apartment and the other one was called The Guest List by Lucy somebody. Anyway, loved both books, great fun, and it was a perfect way for me to like read the the first books that had nothing to do with exercise science or physiology in over 24 months, in the last two years. I think I read one in two years because I was just, my program was accelerated, it was vigorous, and um, I just didn't have the time. So now I'm back into reading books for leisure and books that I actually want to read. So the book I currently, that I was currently reading, uh, finished a little bit ago, maybe about a week ago, is The 12 Week Year by Brian Moran and Michael somebody, Huntington, I think that's it. So that book was very interesting. And I think it's also very timely going into March and the start of a month. And basically the whole premise of the book is that we have some maybe smaller actionable goals instead of having year long goals where it's like this year, I'm going to do da 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 this year and giving ourselves 12 months to accomplish something. 
it's easier to fall off of our goals that we have planned out because we fall off in January, then we try and pick back up in February and then March. And then once we basically get to July, it's like, well, why should I even bother? Because the year's half over. So almost the psychology behind you know, our new year, new me, we wait until the beginning of the year to try and change something, transform or whatever the case may be. So this book narrows our goals down to 12 weeks, which, you know, roughly comes out to be about three months and a way to take your goals, make them more bite-sized, make them more short-term, because then when they are short-term, we are quicker to get to the goals because we're not waiting 12 months, if that makes sense. So instead of 12 months, it's 12 weeks. That 12 weeks, the goals are closer to us. Therefore, we have to take more intentional steps to get to those goals, which I think is very interesting because that's almost the way that we look at fitness. In the fitness industry, we do programming and we do phases of training. And those phases, depending on what your phases, your training, your goals, if you know you're a physique model, or if you're doing bikini, or if you're a power lifter, or you do Olympic lifting, or you do something like CrossFit, or you're an athlete, we work in cycles. We, you know, you, they can be month cycles. Sometimes they're three month cycles. You know, when we're, I coach someone who I take on a new client and I first start working with them, I go, you know, um, the first month is going to be your foundation of getting in consistency and being true to this. The second month is going to be those foundational movements and you actually getting better and adhering. And then that third month is when that execution and that, you know, you're actually going to feel everything start maneuvering together. So it's kind of the same thing in fitness, which I think is why I really was drawn to this book and read it pretty quickly because I was like, wow, a lot of the principles and tactics are very aligned with fitness and aligned with fitness programming. And the book actually mentions fitness and more so in the premise of weight loss. Like, oh, if you want to lose weight or if you want to get healthy or if, you know, your doctor told you you're about to be diabetic and you want to, you know, try a healthy outlet first, you know, how are your goals going to look in that 12 week period? That's kind of the way they swing it back to it. Um, so I found that very interesting that there is such parallels when you read these type of atomic habits books these that's the next book i have up but these different types of books that focus on intentionality how you're spending your time what you're doing your goals your mindset achievement all pretty much rotate back to fitness and health as a way to show the benefits of it so again that i just think that is an amazing thing and just shows how fitness is such a priority for our lives because when you read a lot of these books, it goes, you know, if you want to run a marathon, you have to train. If you want to lift weights, you're going to have to go to the gym. If, you know, your doctor says something's about to happen, well, you better get in gear. All of these books at a certain point or a certain time kind of use that as a way to show why your goals, your time management, um, the way you want to live your life, the life you should the life that you desire to live has that regiment, that intentionality and all that stuff behind it. Only thing I didn't like is the book referenced 
1200 calories like oh if you want to eat weight lose weight maybe you'll only eat 1200 calories it's like oh god here we go besides that i thought everything else in the book uh was good except they referenced that a few times and again they're just using it as a a point of reference to show how your habits are important but it's every time it's like well if you want to do this maybe you'll reduce down to eating 1200 calories maybe you'll omit snack it's just like again this is not a book for this is not about personal training this is this book is not about your health but as a coach as someone who's been in the industry you know for 15 years trying to debunk all of that crap it's just like oh my god can we not have 1200 calories as your barometer in a book but again this is not a fitness book so i let it go some of the key factors in the book that i really enjoyed were was uh Lou can't talk <laughs> they discuss the authors discuss measurement and we use measurement a lot in fitness as in sometimes we do you know waist hips biceps triceps there's seven key measurements that you can take in fitness to figure out someone's body fat percentage if you're doing it like the old school way or with the calipers a lot of times we'll use digital scales now like an in body or the handheld one that you um, have in front of you and then of course blood pressure there's a whole host of different types of measurements that we can take but the authors reference that measurement is not accountability simply feedback and i think that is an excellent way to look at measurement we you know to generalize the statement you know, we look at weight loss as a measurement and it is one but it's not always the best one so i think it's really imperative where we're using our measurements is not accountability, it's simply feedback, is wonderful. And I would really like to use that and implement that with my you know, clients and classes and things to that nature because the measurement, it just is, is a feedback. It's not a definitive, it's not showing everything. It's a tool that we utilize. And that's something I have always said on this podcast is that we're utilizing measurements as a tool and sometimes people use them as you know the definitive and that's not always great because circumstance training what you do for a living all play a role the body mass index bmi and things like that like majority of football players bmis are off the richter scale they would be seen as unhealthy but we have to look at what they do for a living we have to look at their mass we have to look at there's so many other factors so when you take bmi of say a football player you need to it's a tool for feedback but it's not the only thing that we're gauging. It's just to help us in our analysis to make better decisions, better choices for training, for nutrition, for speed, for sleep, for strength. And I just thought I was like, wow, as a coach and trainer, I really liked the way that they view measurement. Another uh, point that I really enjoyed about this book was control on your actions it is better you only have control of your actions versus you don't have control of your outcomes and that is just so true and i think that's a big point why we have so much yo-yo dieting in the fitness industry and in fitness and health culture is because we expect our actions to always ex exude the outcomes that we desire what i mean by that is well, if I work out six days a week for two hours, 
I will get to X goal, meaning I will lose X amount of weight or I'll be able to lift X amount of weight or I should be able to do this. And the thing about that is that, yes, you want outcomes, but the outcomes might not always be what you want them to be, but it doesn't mean that there are not any outcomes. So you might think, well, my outcome should have been weight and a certain number. So we'll say my outcome should have been 20 pounds lost. Maybe you only lost eight pounds in a certain amount of time, but your sleep is better. You have less headaches. You have more energy. Um, your, you know, your family, your friends, colleagues go, wow, you're less irritable or you're less quick to anger or something like that. So those are outcomes, but they might not necessarily be the outcomes you're desiring, but are there no outcomes? And that's sometimes the way we definitely have to look at fitness because it is assessing and reassessing, you, you know, workout plans, intensities, weights, programs, sleep, hydration, stress, nutrition, vitamins, minerals. So sometimes the exact outcomes we want do not appear. However, it doesn't mean that no outcomes happened and we need to be more open to the outcomes that are happening as opposed to the ones that aren't happening because those are the only ones we're focusing on. I think that made sense. I hope that made sense. And again, I really like the way that they look at this in the 12 week, I'm reading off a note right now, 12 week uh, time frame because that is pretty much the way that coaches work with clients, especially new clients. Taking on a new client, um, especially if you do like online training or anything like that, I very much know all all coaches have a minimum of three months that you have to sign up with them when you first start. Because people, if they don't see results in that first month, will have a tendency to drop off and be like, oh, no, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to work um, with a coach. I don't see the results I desire. And for us, we're like, you've only been doing it a month. Like to a coach, the mindset is you've only been doing this a month, but to a client, they go, but I've been doing this a month. You see the difference in like the tone of my voice. Like we're like, yeah, what did you expect to happen in a month? And a client goes, they kind of expect everything to happen in a month. So I really like the way this is broken down into that 12 weeks because I know as coaches, we require uh, to work with someone at minimum three months, because it's going to take that long to build your habits to, you know, do our testing, assessing, retesting, and get you into uh, certain types of programs, depending on what the goals are. So I, I do like the way this is broken down into 12 month blocks. Another interesting thing that they uh, this book discusses are lag and lead indicators. So I'm going to actually read an excerpt from it, and it references fitness in this to use as its description for to understand the point. So this is on page 118, and... It says that lag indicators are the end result and your 12-week goals are the ultimate lagging indicator. Uh, your 12-week goals are the ultimate lagging indicators. If you are tracking progress towards your goals, then you are tracking lag indicators. Lead indicators are the things that happen 
in the execution process. They're the things that drive the lags. Most people are pretty good at tracking the lag indicators, but the opportunity for growth is usually the greatest with the lead indicators. What are the lead indicators for your goals? Let's say that you want to lose 10 pounds. The total weight goal of 10 pounds is a lag indicator because it happens at the end of the 12 weeks. A good lead measure might be the number of calories that you eat daily or weekly. Another might be the number of workouts you have each week, such as miles jogged, laps swum, minutes on the elliptical, you get the idea. Whatever indicators are decided to measure, be sure to track and record your progress each week. So. I thought that was just an interesting way to have a different perception of ways to tackle fitness. You're, and they use fitness as the example there, as your lag indicators, your lead indicators. And just like I said, how to reassess it. What worked? What did you do? What didn't you do? Where can changes be made? So again, I just thought that this book just kept referencing back to fitness. And I really love that. So overall takeaway, one of the things, the three bullet points this book has that, again, references straight to fitness is plan your week. So that is one of the things, especially as a coach, classes, clients, we always tell people plan out your week, like what day are we meeting? What time are we meeting? And we try and keep that consistent. Again, you know, crap happens, but each week, do your best to plan out your week and have a set amount of days that you are going to train. I always tell my clients that if one of those days doesn't happen, the world will not crumble, but let's do our best to have them written down, have them locked and loaded so that it's more likely we are going to do something when it's planned, locked and loaded in our schedule than kind of trying to implement it or push it in whenever convenient. Uh, in this book, they do a way of scoring your week. So I'm not going to go too into depth, in depth with that, but it's basically you want to be 85% or better each week in tackling your daily task, achieving your goals, doing the things you set out to do. And that goes deeper into like time blocking and making sure that you have your to-do list and things to that nature. But I'm keeping this more reference towards fitness. So scoring your week would basically, you know, did you get the amount of workouts that you wanted in? And if you didn't, that's okay. How can we improve next week? Can there be an alteration in programming? If you notice you have your workout, that workouts your coach is giving you are an hour long and you're never finishing them, okay, well, then maybe your coach needs to give you a 45-minute workout and adjustments need to be made to the program so now that your workouts can be condensed to 45 minutes. So that's the way that a score, I would utilize a score for a client just so that we, again, are still feeling like, we're achieving goals, we are doing our best, and you don't feel like you're going to fall off and have to start and restart and try and retry. And then there is the third portion, the third bullet point here is called a WAM, which is a weekly accountability meeting. And that is one of the reasons that it's so great to have community. And we love a community in fitness, whether it be with your coach, accountability to your coach in, are you doing your workouts? Are you showing up? Are you improving on your weights and not even just increasing your weights, but your form, your technique, your breathing, your 
consistency to stay true to certain plans. Uh, when you do group fitness, you usually build a community, usually learn or meet someone in class at a certain time. I have a lot of people who take classes that I coach and, you know, they, this is just their class buddy. Even I have two girls that used to take the same class, but one of them uh, has to take a later class now and they see each other in passing and you know the other one was like hey i didn't see you last week mind you they're not even in the same class they're taking one is taking you know uh you know a 12 and the other one's taking the one o'clock but the other one was like oh i didn't see you last week just even that little bit of accountability of knowing hey that person is looking for me or you know my coach is going to be looking for me or people are going to notice i'm not showing up when you have a community and you have that accountability it has been proven in fitness that someone will push through once they kind of hit that wall of, I don't want to do this or I'm not seeing the results that I want. That accountability is going to bring them there. And then I have a lot of people who will come to my class and be like, you know, I feel like I've plateaued or I'm not seeing this or I'm not seeing that. And, you know, that's basically the same as the weekly accountability meeting is that I will have, you know, People come to me, clients come to me, be like, if something has changed, they're like, I, I don't feel this is happening or this is changing or I'm having a hard time that I am someone that can sit there and we're going to go over. We're going to map out that plan. We're going to see what we can do. So even if it's not a conventional type of way, I'm like this book would say, I definitely think a uh, majority of coaches we have a gym version, a workout version of a wham. And that comes, you know, with the 12 week reassessment where we go, okay, what can we change? Are we seeing, do we have any pain and stuff? Now these are weekly. We usually do it um, probably monthly with clients. If you're doing online coaching, then this can be tweaked, especially if, you know, if someone has pain, they're not doing a move correctly, something's happened. So even if you're working like online coaching and things, well, usually you're going to have a weekly check-in with your coach. We do weekly check-ins and I say, hey, how are you feeling? Did anything hurt? Did any moves not fare well in your body? Are you feeling sore where you shouldn't? Like the workouts, you shouldn't feel like you can't walk up a flight of stairs. Like that probably means we overdid, your, overdid an exercise or the weights you were using, we need to bring it down. Uh, so th that's what I just found interesting about this book. I thought it was well written. I think I'm going to try implementing a few of the tactics just because I am getting quite busy in my schedule and I want to be able to make sure I can achieve all my goals, especially for this year. And I think it's a nice way for me to, after being in school for the last two years, I kind of, my friend and I who is going to be in the podcast. Like I said, I did a whole episode, but there was just too much background noise. We both kind of like felt felt like we were fall free falling in the sky because it was like, what do we do with our time now? What do we do? Like the whole, the last two years of our lives have literally been dictated every minute because our program was all year long. We got a week off for spring break and then like 10 days off for Christmas or maybe two weeks. Like other than that, we were in school straight for two years. So to come out and not have feeling like a paper or a book or a research assignment or a module was nipping at our heels, it was such an odd, weird feeling. So I think now, well, she's about to have a baby. So she's very honed in. She's very focused. I am taking on some new projects and I want to just make sure that other things that I want to accomplish and achieve in my life don't fall to the wayside. So I think this is going to be a great way for me to stay accountable 
hold myself accountable to different things, you know, like this podcast, like, like getting consistent and making sure that whatever happened with trying to do this distance podcasting, I've had guests and the audio is not acted up or the Wi-Fi or whatever. So just kind of holding myself accountable to make sure that I achieve what I want. And sometimes we all feel like we have so much on our plane. We don't know how to execute it that we just kind of don't do anything at all. Like analysis, uh, what is it? They call it uh, analysis paralysis, where we just analyze and overthink everything so much that we just kind of stop and don't do anything at all. And I can so say that I have done that in many different things I have wanted to do and achieve in my life. And I don't want to do that any further. So I think uh, if you're having any of those issues, you're just kind of feeling like you want, you have so many goals, you have so many ambitions and you don't know where to start, especially when it comes to fitness. I think this book is, you know, it's not an end all and be all, but it's just a great place to give you some guidance on how to hold yourself accountable to your days. Um, not just in fitness, but in your life. But I think this book is an excellent conduit with fitness and how it can really play a role in achieving your goals and like I said this book goes back and forth in referencing fitness and health as you know priorities to be able that shows benefits when you do this you will get better so I just love that and I love that a lot of these books do that that it just shows how fitness is so important and it should be a priority for everybody all right shameless plug there so that is the episode today, the 12 week year. Have you read it? Did you enjoy it? Is there a book you enjoyed more than that one that definitely helped impact you on your time management, achieving your goals, anything like that? Please let me know. I would love to read it, discuss it with you, maybe do some polls. So thank you so much for listening. You know the deal. If you have guests you want me to invite on, reach out to topics you would like me to, to discuss, slide into those DMs on IG at the Trainer Life Podcast or email me the trainer life at gmail.com and in the in the subject line put podcast. Other than that, we're gonna drink our water, we're gonna eat our veggies, have a cookie, live our best life, and I will see you next week. All right, part of my 12 weeks is getting this out and batching my episodes and making sure that everything works to the best of my ability. All right, bye. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of The Trainer Life. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And I will see you all next week. Have a great day, everybody.